Good afternoon. I'm John Hart, the co-founder of C3 Solutions, the Conservative Coalition for Climate Solutions, and I'm the executive editor of our news magazine, C3. This is another edition of Right Voices, where we highlight people in the marketplace and policymakers who are elevating smart, bottom-up solutions to today's economic and environmental challenges. Today, I'm honored to be joined by John McFadden. He's with Green Interchange. Uh, it's an organization Mark, uh, Congressman Mark Green started, and we'll hear more about that from John in a minute. But he's led municipalities, organizations, and individuals in forest restoration and environmental education for many years. Uh, he's raised millions of dollars towards those goals and led thousands of volunteers in stream and restoration uh, and reforestation projects. So we look forward to hearing about some of those stories and elevating that, the good work that John and Green Inter Interchange are doing. So, uh, John, welcome to the, to the program. Well, thanks so much, John. I'm super excited to be here. And as we've discussed, I'm super excited to see the work that uh, C3 is doing. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Appreciate that. Well, tell, John, tell us, your, tell us a little bit about what, what your organization, your genesis story, Congressman Mark Green's role in it, and then, and then how – how you guys got off the ground and what your mission is? Well, our mission is to get out and plant trees and provide other natural solutions. You can call it green infrastructure, natural infrastructure solutions for some of the problems that uh, are ailing some of our cities and towns these days. Congressman Green, back in 2018, 2019, I, he, as he told it, he's a big he's a big outdoorsman. He's a big conservationist. He loves to hunt and fish. And in um, Tennessee, just to just to get people a frame of reference, or you're, you're in, in Tennessee, Tennessee right? Right, yeah. right. Which we have got some of the greatest hunting and fishing out right. here of anywhere in the country. I just put it up against anybody. So sorry, I'm proud of my state. <laughs> but uh, as he told me, he was driving down the interstate one day and just kind of started wondering why why do we keep mowing these interstate interchanges? Why can't we reforest these areas? The trees, of course, will do everything from soaking up uh, air pollutants from our cars, carbon included, as well as infiltrating water into the ground, which is going to reduce flooding. It'll uh, The trees will actually use a lot of the nutrients for their own growth, which the nutrients are pollution in excess. Um, so he just had that idea. And if you know anything about Congressman Green, once he gets an idea he uh, that he really likes, he uh, he he's going to get it done. So, which uh, is, is a great a great quality to have, obviously. Um, but uh, he started meeting. He put together a, a board of directors, a group of fellows that um, that that he knew as a part of his uh, network. He put them together and he started meeting with. Uh, 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 one of his uh, folks that had helped him in his campaign here in Tennessee, he was a state legislator before he was a federal uh, legislator, but started meeting with one of them. And through that person, uh, they found me. And he had originally wanted uh, the, the, the person who'd been working in uh, politics with him to run the organization. And I started meeting with her on a semi-regular basis. And she finally went back to him and said, well, you just need to hire John to do this because he knows he's been doing it his whole career. So uh, there you go. And then we launched it in August of 2020, the worst possible year to uh, launch a nonprofit. But we launched it down on uh, on the legislative plaza in Tennessee. Many of our board members were there and some of the news media. We had a, 
a press event. And uh, so that's kind of how it got started. Um, that's great. And, and, and what is, what's the scope of work you're, you've been doing since then? What are some of the highlights that you're, you're most proud of? Well, one of the things that I had done in the past, you know, we're, we really are all about the bottom up solutions. What can we as citizens do to make the environment better? And there's nothing more powerful in our environment than trees and how trees, I mean, they do all kinds of things. We think about the environmental benefits. Most people know those. So I'm going to skip them. Let's talk about the economic value. Of course, again, Tennessee, we're the nursery capital of the world. The southeastern United States is referred to as the wood basket of the world. So that's this huge economic you know, sector, the forestry industry. But did you know that if you have a mature tree in your yard, your house is going to be worth 10, 15 percent more than a similar house down the street because of that tree. There's been a lot of good work done out. I think it was Texas A&M around uh, the value of trees, what I'll call the non-consumptive value of trees. But if, if you shop, guys, you better listen to this one, because if you shop, if you if your wives are out there shopping or you're shopping in these malls that have more green space around them, you better be careful because you linger there. And when you linger there, you spend more money. So the greener it is, the more money that's being spent there. But, you know, there's also other sort of secondary economic impacts to the value of just pollution filtration. Communities that have more trees have less childhood asthma. There's less lung disease. There's less uh, heart attacks or fewer heart attacks in those communities. Obviously, that has huge implications for healthcare costs as well as our quality of life. So, as I like to say, um, I talk a lot about the triple bottom line: the environment, people, planet, and profits. Um, not only is the uh, a tree the most sustainable thing with regards to something that we as individuals can do, but if you're going to have that stool with the triple bottom line, you're going to be using the wood of the tree to make the legs. So, right. so trees are just really yes. a sustainable piece. And those three are people, planet, profit. People, planet, and profit. Yes. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's a great way to look at it because I think so often in the argument about and discussion about the environment, it's so polarized, and and people think, well, if you if you care about the environment, then you must be a left wing progressive. It's like, well, no, that's I know a right. lot of I, right. I, I spoke to a group of of conservative state treasurers recently, and, mm-hmm. and I said, raise your hand if you believe in the Boy Scout. One of the one version of the Boy Scout motto is, you know, leave the campsite better off than you found it. Right. Right. Everybody raises their hand. Doesn't matter what group it is. And then I said, "Well, if you if you think that's nonsense, raise your hand." And of course, no one raises their hand. Right. So there's there's a universal, almost common sense element to stewardship and conservation, but the, because the issue is so politicized, we're so hesitant just to come out and say, "Yeah, I, I really want to leave my land better off than I found right. it." And, right. Right. And and back, I'm looking at, I've got a 62 acre farm here. I'm looking out my window past my computer right now. There's a, there's a region, I think I may have told you about it, about eight acres that borders Israel Creek. I'm mm-hmm. just three or four miles away from the Potomac River. So we planted over a thousand trees 
a lot along the, the creek bed for that for that very reason of preventing erosion. It's and it's like a filtration. So so you system, you did a great job of explaining the economic benefits, but but it's good go ahead and t- touch on if you have any factoids. I mean, you can refer people to your website too, but sure. Just any, anything that's that's good to know about how powerful trees are in our in sure. our ecosystem, our natural well, ecosystem. Well, you know, you you mentioned um the trees on the creek bank, which if you think about it, those trees and their roots. They're pump, the roots are punching holes into the creek bank and they are holding the sediment, holding the creek bank in. But they're also creating this sponge effect that can hold hundreds of millions of gallons of floodwaters. And it's not just holding it. It's filtering pollutants out of it. It's creating a wildlife habitat. You know, that area next to the next to the uh, creek has one and a half times the ecologic value as the upland area or the creek itself because it's a transition zone. We learned all about that in school back in the day. I can't really remember much of it because it's it's been a day or two, but but incredibly powerful there. I oftentimes wonder, well, if we restored the riparian zones to say 35 foot wide, healthy riparian zones with trees. And, and define, yeah, define what a riparian zone is. Don, don, it's that, I'm sorry, it's the creek bank. It's that stream side zone right there next to your creek. But if we restored it, say 35 or 50 feet wide from the top of the bank out, how much stormwater would that hold or how much flooding would that prevent? And so there, you know, there's huge ecologic value there, but there's also huge economic value because of this idea that we can use the natural infrastructure to prevent flooding as a part of that. And I appreciate you mentioning my website. Gretchen's going to be upset with me on it, but <laughs> greeninterchange.org. And um yeah, we've actually right now, it's kind of a little bit about what we're doing now. We're in our second year of our Plant a Tree for Tennessee campaign. We've got 20,000 trees that we're going to put in the ground on April 23rd, day after Earth Day, or I guess a couple of days after Earth Day. And uh, we'll do that with a network of all volunteers. We hope to have about uh, 2,000, 2,500 volunteers in the field planting those trees that day. And you, you can find out more about that on our website, greeninterchange.org. So uh, we're super excited about that in the fall. And this is, this is really engaging citizens. That's what it's doing. There's no politics. There's really no, no governments involved in it. There's a few businesses that love it and they're, so they're supporting it. Um, but this is citizens. People come to our website, they make a small donation for the tree, and then they plant the tree wherever they want. And these are small trees. But what we found is over the years is that, and I've been doing this a long time. So when I reference over the years, it's from some of that experience as well. What we found is, is that our survivability rate on those trees is somewhere around 85%, which is really high. But that's because people are getting two or three trees and they're putting them in their yard and baby, they want those trees to survive. So they're giving them really good care, really good care. 
Um, I've had other sites. Uh, there was a old, um, uh, we called it the Greenfield, uh, but it was an old um, off-spec glass storage facility, I'll call it. It was an old landfill. And um, we had 18% survival there. The, we planted the whole thing, 6,000 trees. The deer lined up and had a buffet on my trees. So that's only so did, I can describe Were the trees it. protected? Did they have the, the plastic guard at the bottom? They were not, no, were no. Not Actually, some of them, we planted some bigger ones and they were protected, but the smaller ones, you know, when you're planting 6,000 trees, you can't really, uh, you know, you the actual cost on them is less than a dollar a piece. So you can't really justify, you know, you want to get, you know, you're going to accept some mortality. There's just no way around it. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, 85% is, is a very, very good. 85% is really rate. good. Really good. Yeah, so. That brings, that brings to mind just, just again, to underscore how interrelated the environment and economics are Milton Friedman, the economist has a famous statement. He said, nobody washes a rental car. Meaning if you own the property, yeah, really, really good care of it. And that's, that's, that's right. true. I think for, you know, from we walk our trees, look at our trees all the time. Yep. Uh, yeah. And yeah. again, and if you have it in your front yard or backyard, uh, you obviously are going to care a lot about it. So right. I think right. that, I think that partnering with property owners and protecting property ownership as a, as a value, I think is, is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I, um, uh, one of my, oh, a couple of uh, stories there. One, one of the tree days we did in 2018, this was with our partner, Tennessee Environmental Council. Uh, we did 180,000 trees in a, excuse me, 190,000 trees in a day with 25,000 volunteers all across Tennessee. We're in all 95 counties. To add to that story, I had a corporate partner's waste management, a friend of mine, Stacy Cawthorn, and she, she came to me and said, John, I want us to take trees to CSX, to the rail yard down here in Nashville. And I thought, man, th those guys aren't going to want these trees. That, they're not going to want these trees. I, I did it anyway. I went out there with, I had, I don't know, a couple of hundred oak trees, nice Schumard oaks, some burr oaks maybe, and some other uh, mast producing trees. Within 30 minutes, I was scheduled to be there for a half a day. Within 30 minutes, John, every one of those trees were gone. Hmm. And half of those guys were coming back going, well, can you get us more? <laughs> and, you know, my point with that is, is that, you know, trees, everybody loves them. I still never met anybody who said, you know, oh, I just hate trees, you know, and it's true. You got to get the right tree in the right place. You've got to be mindful of where power lines are because, you know, we want our power to be reliable and cost effective. Sure. But, you know, our our the co-op that I'm in, the electric co-op that I'm in, they've got a program right tree in right place. And they very much support our reforestation efforts and uh, and working with the the homeowners to make sure that you get the right tree in the right place. So that's right. And, and talk to, tell us about your plans and dreams kind of going forward. What, what would you like to see both in Tennessee and, and also around the country and just how would you challenge other communities? What, what can, you know, what can just regular citizens do? So just go to your local nursery, you know, and plant trees, 
just go and get them and plan them. Make sure you plan them the right time. November, we usually start on Veterans Day. We did a great planning this past, uh, it was actually November 12th. Congressman Green was there. We put in about 10 oak trees to honor our veterans and first responders up in Clarksville. And then you can go to about middle of March. They really say the first week in April, but I, I like to try to get them in before that. Um, but, you know, so go out and plant trees. Now, our vision, we've got about 373 interstate interchanges in Tennessee. We're going to plant them all and or everyone that TDOT will let us plant. That's one of our one of our pieces. The other thing that we want to do is we want to really expand our plant a tree for Tennessee campaign so that anybody who wants to plant a tree, we'd like to do 100,000 trees in a day. I did 190,000 with my uh, the uh, Tennessee Environmental Council, but we want to do, you know, we want to do 100,000 in a day. And if I can do 100,000 in a day here in Tennessee, if I could get all the other states in with me, well, then that'd be 5 million, right? Mm-hmm. So we ought to be able to do 5 million trees in a day. And, uh, you know, just one of the things I think about, one of the greatest things about our tree, pl- those big tree planting days is the social part of it. Yeah. You know, it brings people together. I, I've done those days where I've been out in the field and I've had the most hardcore conservative and the biggest liberal. I gave one of them a tree. I gave one of them a shovel. I said, try to work together. <laughs> they got more than one tree in the ground. Let me tell you, they did because everybody loves trees. Everybody loves trees and they have so much value, so much value in our communities. Well, John, that's a that's a great vision and challenge. So, so five million if, if every state did a hundred thousand. Five million in a day. Let's just do it in a day, because we know. So, we so, to... Yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great challenge. Now, on on the when to when to plant trees. Then here's a practical question. So, okay, what are the times of year that are not good to plant trees? What are the what are the riskiest? Times you know. The summer is going to be the riskiest because when let me start with. So from November to March, that tree gets in the ground. The root, the top of the tree is dormant, but the roots are not dormant. They're growing. They're connecting to the soil so that they're then able to absorb water, get that water and nutrients up into the stem so that in the spring, when the buds start forming and popping out, it's not like deprived, if you will. So having that over the winter, basically, for that tree to absorb water and get the roots really good and connected is is really the key. So that time- That's starting starting in November. Yeah. Yep. November to March. And actually you can start in October, but you need to make sure you're getting water down here. We'll still sometimes have, you know, drought conditions into October. But then of course, if you, and the flip side is in the summertime, it's hot, it's dry. The trees already got leaves on it. So it's looking for nutrients and water to support the growth that's already going on, the photosynthesis that's already going on. And so, you know, you've really got to keep them watered. And even if you sometimes keep them watered, they don't, they either die or they just don't do as well because 
they can't get the water and nutrients that they need. So, and typically another saying that we have in the business is the first year you plant a tree, it sleeps. The second year it creeps and the third year it leaps. So, you know, once you get it in the ground, it really, it's trying to get those roots connected. That's just critical, critical to that, to that survivability of that tree. And, and every, just to give a disclaimer, like every region of the country is different where Tennessee you're going to have Absolutely. more success over the quote winter than you will farther north. Cause right. the point is as long as the ground isn't frozen, because yes. that's what, that's what the foresters suggest here too, is in, in the fall right. and, and take advantage of that, of that water coming up. And right. Uh, right. so in fact, when, in terms of invasive, invasive species, uh, uh, one of the, some of the advice I've gotten is to do those treatments in the fall because over the winter is when the, the tree, uh, yep. it'll, it'll yes. kind of, yeah. Right, right. I mean, it's grab and hold even tighter. Yeah. So if you can get those invasives out in the fall or uh, even in the you know late summer, it's tougher on us, but it's probably a little better in terms of keeping them out of there. And so. So just a couple of minutes we have left. It, 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 you know, there's a lot of debate about, you know, forest fires, who's to blame? What is it? Is it purely an issue of of rising temperatures, uh, you know, industrialization, so forth, or is it bad forest management? And as an organization, we our, our view is: look, you can you can you can walk and chew gum at the same time and acknowledge that, right. yeah, you, you can, there's not. It's okay to acknowledge that yes, temperatures are rising, but you also have to account for good forest management and good stewardship. Yeah. What, what is your does your organization weigh in on that? And just good, what are good forestry practices? Well, you know. Fire has always been a natural part of the forest cycle. And so, you know, all the forest suppression that we, I mean, fire suppression that we've done over the years has left tons and tons and tons of fuel um, on the forest floor. So, yes, the temperatures are rising. That's definitely one of those contributing factors. But that fuel, if somebody, you know, doesn't put their, uh, doesn't put their uh, campfire out and or they're using a chainsaw without a spark arrestor on it. Mm-hmm. There's always that possibility or, you know, you're out there in a, in a kind of a drought condition. We, we have fire bans here quite often. And, you know, one of the things I want to make another plug for my plant a tree for Tennessee, but of course we had the Gatlinburg fires about four or five years ago and we're still up there reforesting some of those areas. In fact, we're working with a partner up there. And through our Plant a Tree for Tennessee campaign, we're, we've got a distribution point in Gatlinburg for folks to get trees to reforest their, their areas. So we're, we're excited about that partnership. We've also got a great partnership with uh, Firestone. They're going to have some of their complete auto care um, sites as our uh, as distribution points and so we're excited about that um but yeah plant a tree for tennessee you can find out more on our website <laughs> greeninterchange.org great fantastic well, yeah. well we'll we'll wrap it up there thanks so much john and so we'll we'll, we'll plant a tree for tennessee but also Take up, we accept your challenge and let's see if we can get 5 million trees planted. That's it. Let's do it, man. I would love to come back and talk about it and and, uh, see how we can figure out how to make it happen.
Well, fantastic. Well, thanks so much uh, for your for your time. And again, you can follow John and his good work at greeninterchange.org. If I got that right. And we're at C3, right. c3newsmag.com. Again, I'm John Hart. This has been Right Voices and I look forward to another edition next time.